Section 11 of The Dial, May 1920, by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Section 11. Mr. Mackenzie's Jest, by Gilbert Saltis. Poor Relations, by Compton Mackenzie. 332 pages, Harper and Brothers, New York. Mr. Compton Mackenzie has placed himself in an extraordinary position for a man of honor. He is apparently being sued for breach of promise by at least half the eligible young women of his native scene with no correspondent named. The awkwardness of the situation is not all on Mr. Mackenzie's side, for there must be the pervasive feeling of having been a little too easily seduced. In short, Mr. Mackenzie startled and delighted the critical world in 1912 or so by writing a very remarkable book called Carnival. He had already published one work, a novel predestined to be minor, and he followed his first triumph with a very long account in two volumes of the childhood and adolescence of a boy who was destined to be a priest. Toward the end of these lively pages, something alien crept in, and although it was forgiven, it caused a moment's apprehension. This was in turn banished by the appearance of Guy and Pauline, an interlude of surpassing loveliness. After it, a deluge of novels, three in number, but multitudinous in their faults and terrible in the announcement they bore that Mr. Mackenzie had at last found his way in the world it was not the way of carnival and of guy and pauline it was the sorry way of the second half of sinister street what was felt as an aberration has become an attitude fixed merciless and distressing i do not wonder that some of his disappointed lovers have forced themselves to believe that he was always false alas that he should be false at all who was so fair it is a fit theme for lamentation, but let those who lament be certain that they know how Mr. Mackenzie has betrayed them. Above all, it was with beauty, with his creation of beauty, and his love for the thing he created. It was never irreproachable. His two novels of beauty are full of lapses in taste and of artificial prettiness, but it is impossible to deny them a fundamental honesty, and what is more startling and the effect of reality notable in carnival mr mackenzie painted each lovely color of his scene with apparently the hard pigment of life it was nobly imagined it has been well observed in the work of passing what had been observed through the fire of composition had been decently accomplished when he moved from the hard pavements of london to the moist airs of oxfordshire in guy and pauline Mr. Mackenzie's observation was even finer. Certainly it was more subtle, and it was concerned with less perishable stuff. The poignancy of this novel, to put it unkindly, its subject is a girl's first love and disappointment, is proof enough that it is psychologically true. Otherwise the tragedy must have made it absurd. The other novels of Mr. Mackenzie are a series of records, minute, often entertaining, undeniably alive and accurate of the actions and emotions of several groups of young people they have all the qualities of good novels except creative strength and all the appearance of the spectacle of life except its emotional verity 
when mr mackenzie gave up the creation of beauty he suffered more than his readers for he sacrificed at the same altar the one thing which for him made life worth recording that shows in his new novel poor relations is a farce any number of children and adults pass through its pages all acting exactly as children and adults act their manners their cheap wit their meanness and hypocrisies are all set down a plot of quite exceptional banality and incidents of incredible age and vulgarity serve to display these lifelike wares trained animals could hardly respond so well and mechanical toys are not so versatile but life escapes jauntily in the story of a rich dramatist who flees from his greedy relatives to find i quote the jacket romance in london romance dear lord the gentleman marries a secretary whom h g wells would have been proud to give away at the registrar's what remains a mystery is the identity of the goddess at whose altar mr mackenzie laid down his precious gifts the creative imagination the love of beauty the deep sane comprehension of life he had at the beginning escaped neatly all the perils he had rejected the outworn antithesis of realism and romance his endowment his zeal his passion were abundant he seemed to be the only one of the young novelists of england who discerned the wanton loveliness of life under the dreary trappings of existence and to-day he is all trappings unmistakably gaudy dazzling in his quick changes still entertaining a master of every effect except the effect of creation a case could no doubt be made the mystery might be solved but there is an indelicacy in the process mr mackenzie must follow his inclination and it would be as well to utter him no reproaches but there are two who cannot reproach him and whom he has served badly in the cause of all that is decent in the art of the novel they may be called upon and placed before mr mackenzie one is his own creation the girl in carnival whose ineffable gaiety and impudence and loveliness were so soon made a mockery in a cheap series of adventures the other is the great master of the english novel who a year or two before he died chose mr mackenzie for his rare and special praise it would be easier to think lightly of mr mackenzie's failure if one did not have to remember what henry james said of him remembering that and remembering jenny pearl the brief story of mr mackenzie's career takes on some of the proportions of tragedy End of section eleven